Yes, hello and welcome to the Jock and Journo show for another massive week. In fact, it's probably the biggest episode or week we've ever had in the Jock and Journo history. Uh, 300th game milestone and a massive final against the Cats. As I say, hello and welcome to the man of the moment and for the first time, the five-time best and fairest winner, six-time All-Australian, our three-time Anzac Day medalist. Hello to you, Scotty Pendlebury. G'day, mate. How are you going? I'm well. You've had a big week, mate, haven't you? Um... Media Street. No, it's been pretty. It's actually been pretty quiet because I had the weekend off. Trained yesterday, so most of my media stuff for around my three hundredth was yep. yesterday. Yep. Then had to go into Fox Sports, um, three sixty, and then we had a finals dinner last night. So, oh, did you? Um, just in the glass house here. And, um, Any beers? No, no beers. Oh. Um, just a finals dinner. Get the, all the partners, families. Um, they get a look into. Um, what goes on behind the scenes and how we've been building our year and you know they, I think they really appreciate understanding a bit more than just what their partner says when they get home so yeah we had that goes for a couple of hours last night and it's um, always a good one finals dinner who does the big speech um, Eddie probably well Eddie Walshy and Buck spoke last night and um, yeah. who really got the good. votes um, Walshy Walshy Did he? was really good what was his yeah um, yeah I don't want to say too much but he may have recited a rapper at some stage so. <laughs> Imagine Jeff Walsh reciting a rapper. So it was pretty good. <laughs> well, I don't get yeah. to see lighthearted Walshy um, too much, but yeah. I'm sure he'd be good value. Coco, how are you, mate? Good to see you in your bottle green shirt. How you doing? <laughs> I've, I've been racking my brain on what to wear all week after you gave me grief. Um, <laughs> no, I can't imagine Walshy. I, I reckon Walshy's got the gangster part down. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure rapping's his thing. Yeah. No. He was very good. Was he? Very good. Okay, very good. Yeah. Hey, um... Just quick, we've got lots to talk about. We want to talk about the massive game, the psychology of the big game um, player, and you're a specialist at that, of course. And also what happens in the two hours in the rooms before uh, before you're playing a, you know, your first final in a massive game such as Geelong uh, Collingwood, which is also your 300th. Now, I did watch the four-minute highlight clip of your career, which is on the Collingwood website. If you haven't seen it, check it out because what it is – I mean, I, I, it's four minutes of highlights. It's four minutes <laughs> of you stepping round blokes and breaking blokes' ankles. I felt so sorry for those poor bastards. Zach Smith from Geelong, I think, got done twice in the same highlight. You played a game against Collingwood and you stepped around about five of them. They were like ten pins. They all just fell over. There's, there's one that stands out in my memory, and not just because it's my 300th, but I actually made ex-teammate Quentin Lynch fall over with a fake once. <laughs> I faked against West Coast and he tried to hip and shoulder me and he just fell over and I spun off him. I would have liked that to be on there, but <laughs> just that was a memorable one. Only it was like only three, four minutes. Are you a bit, hmm. a bit offended. Should no, be that about was plenty. That six, was seven, plenty. Eight. Yeah, you don't want to bore the people. I think Jay's watched it probably about yeah. 20, 30 times. So. I watched it once while I was doing the dishes, and at one stage I did laugh out loud. So uh, I liked it. Do I see you give someone a wink too after you a goal? Damaged them? Just a little wink? Ah, oh, nah. Surely not. I don't uh, have that much time. Yeah, I think <laughs> you've dished one out. Uh, on the I, hope, I hope we see... Did hit the pigeon with the ball. Oh, that was a good one. Right-handed bounce. People hope, love that. I hope we see open Scott during this podcast. I don't want to see closed Scott. What do you mean? Just, like what I was yesterday it. for the media. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Save it for now. Yeah, I do. I just let it rain upon best, you. This best the, content for The accolades. Give us your best slot. moments, best goals, best tackles. There was a chase down tackle in that package. Must have been BMG, the only one. So. Chase down tackle. That's pretty on crazy. The, I got um, Lincoln McCarthy this year at the Gabba. Oh, I saw yes. that. It was sort of dicey. It was like a one-handed yes. dive, and he bounced it with when I. So <laughs> you have to pay it. But I was very, very fortunate. You were almost quite quick in that play. 
Yeah, timing's everything. It's <laughs> not <laughs> about how quick you get to the spot, it's when you get to the spot. So very fortunate. Have you enjoyed the week, Scott? I have. The weather's been fantastic. Um, and then yesterday was a bit of fun doing the press conference. And um, yeah, sort of, yeah, probably it hit home a little bit Sunday, just driving home, had been at Al's father's house for Father's Day and then drive back. And she asked how many people had ever played 300 at Collingwood. And I said, oh, two. She said, oh, you're going to be the third. And I said, yeah, well, if I get there, I'll be the third. And she's like, geez, how long has the club been around? I was 127 years. She goes, oh, that's, that's a pretty good effort like, to get there after. And then when I thought of that, I was like, you know, to be that percentage of players that's ever played here and to be the third to get there is, um, is pretty cool. And, um, yeah, I think the game too, I think it's sort of, for me, it'd be the perfect scenario. 300 in a final, pretty high stakes. So looking forward to it. Do you think you'll feel... And I was thinking about this before. I used to feel horribly anxious as a sportsman. I played local footy, local cricket. I'd walk out the bat genuinely wanting to vomit. Were you opening or where were you? Yeah, oh, yeah, opening a fair bit of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would just be so afraid of failing. I would just be... What was the ball you were scared of? No, just of, just of failing, just yeah, of right. going out. Not of being hurt or anything. Yeah, but so just your preparation wasn't great. Oh, I don't know. I just thought I would just be so... No, nah, yeah, yeah. And there's that, guys like that. Yeah, and it makes me think there's sort of two types of sportsmen. One, like, you know, Jordy DeGoey who has the strut on the big stage and just having that confidence, or others who are a bit more anxious and a bit more worried. Do you ever, do you ever feel that anxiety around your performance um, on the footy field? Yeah, early days when we played finals um, with Mick, Mick was big on players playing well in finals, and the true test of a good player is if you can perform in finals. So the first few finals when Mick was coaching, you sort of felt that pressure to be – you know, I really want Mick to see me as a good player. So, like, I want to perform and perform well. And, um, you know, and he always was big on it. doesn't matter when you're born, you throw your birth certificate out the window. So, my first final was when I was 19 and we played, I think we played Sydney, beat them here, West Coast beat them in overtime over there and then played Geelong in the prelim. And I played, played well against Sydney, played really well against West Coast and then played poor against Geelong. So, um, yeah, I sort of felt like I did it, you know, I wasn't overawed by the occasion, but the pressure was there. And then 2008 finals and then, yeah, sort of getting that exposure to finals, you become used to it. And, um, yeah, you, like I, I have an understanding of what's important in finals and, you know, a side that's, it sounds boring, but the side that literally does the basics better and executes the basics of how they want to play is usually the side that stands up. But there's guys with all ranging emotions. So I'll be, I'll be nervous when I drive in. So when I leave home, heading in, um, you know, playing the music, whatever, I'll sort of have that half smile on your face of like, you know, how good is this? It's about to start, but then the butterflies kick in of like sort of possibilities, like what happens if we start like this? What happens if we start like that? If Geelong do this, we do that. Um, so you think about all those possibilities and then when I get, when I pull up here and I park, that's probably when I feel most at ease for the week because it's like prep starts, game mode starts. So come into the club. There's usually all, like most of the guys meet in here and we walk across together so what's that like initial meet and greet like is awesome it, because it, you sort of just look tension or no nah, you just look at each other and you just know like all right because the worst well, part well, the worst part of the week for everyone at the moment is you want to get to the starting line and for me the starting line's not the siren sounding and the ball going up it's it's for me it's parking here park at the club walk in see the boys like you know what's about to happen in a few hours time bit of banter jump in the pool do a bit of recovery whatever and then we then you head across and it's probably one of the best things that we've done the last few years is a group of us walk across together and 
two hours before the game, you've got the atmosphere. Like last year when we walked across for the prelim, we had security behind us and we had the Collingwood cheer squad chanting the whole walk across. So wow. if you were nervous or whatever, you, you've got your first hit straight away, like two hours before the game. We would have had close to 2,000 people walking behind us last year chanting. How did that make you feel? Like I had the butterflies, the excitement, and some guys were just blown away. So if you're blown away by 2,000 people, imagine when you, the lights come on, there's 100,000. So it's almost like a good little preview mm. of what's about to happen. So I think that works well. And then, and then when you get to the, the change rooms, you've just walked across with the guys. So there's not that initial meet and greet. You've already done that. Yep. And then, yeah, you're just talking about how exciting it is. And, um, yeah, different players do different things. I like to go out on the ground, have a kick, have a sweat, um, you know, practice a few things. Some guys will read the record. Some guys get massaged for half an hour. Some guys sit in the same spot and don't move until they have to, Will Hoskin Elliott. And then, um, yeah, and then the other best part is, you know, just before we run out, we all meet out on the floor and embrace and good luck. And Hang on, meet out on the where? On the floor, sort of, you know, where you do your warm-up in the yep. change room. So, yep. yeah, we all meet there and embrace and good luck and get around to every player and just reinforce what we want and, how are we going to go about it? A bit of man-hugging and bum-tapping and, yeah, it's really good. And, yeah, and then from there, I just that's when I feel at ease. I've got 22 blokes with me that I know that's going to, you know, we're going to give it all on the line and see how we go. And that's when it's, yeah, I'm personally at the most ease and ready to go. So, and is that the same for every home and away game or will this be different? No, it's the same for every home and away game, how yeah. we prepare and, yeah, um, but so I'd be surprised how if you, how you feel. Because yeah, I oh, know, yeah. So like how I feel, this would be different. I'm more excited. Yeah, yeah. So, but and I guess because if, of the stakes, the occasion. Yeah, the right? stakes, the occasion. Yeah. Um, well, because for 22 weeks we've been playing to get to this point. Yeah. So we're here. So how exciting is that? So, um, yeah. For you know, the goal at the start of the year was to get into that top four and try and get a double chance. We've done all that. So it's like, righto, season's finished, now the real season starts and the guys know the stakes are higher. We know that you've got to rely on each other a bit more. You've got to work a bit harder. You've got to do all those little things, um, make them shine even more on that big stage and then you know, it comes back tenfold if you can do those things for each other. So in that same environment, I was someone who read a lot into other people's body language. Yeah. I was very perceptive to other people's energies and emotions and you know that, that would affect me in my local poor underachieved sporting <laughs> career to be yeah. so how do you go what are you wanting to see from your teammates and how nothing as in i don't like i'm not a big one for yeah used to be guys would be always say to me at this like five years ago six years ago i reckon the boys are on have you heard that saying before yeah like, of course the, the we're, on the change room we're on today <laughs> the, the energy in the change room was awesome the boys are on the boys are on like they, they warmed up so well they were loud <laughs> And then I've been in the rooms before when it's silent and people are like, oh, we're off today. They're not talking. You come out in the first 10 minutes, you're belt-side or, you know, when you're up and about, you thought you're on, you come out and you got punched in the mouth. Like, individually, guys get themselves ready how they need to. And I think people would be, um, yeah, they'd be a little bit shocked if they actually come in, say if you got to come into our rooms and observe, you had free reign to walk around and just watch. You'd be as surprised at how relaxed it is um, how some guys is, you know, 20 minutes before the bounce, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, you'd be like, geez, are you going to switch on? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Like guys are ready. The work's done. That's like the waiting game. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you're trying to fire up and motivate yourself when you get to the 
change rooms on, on match day, you probably mm-hmm. there's something amiss. So, have you been in situations where you felt that your teammates or even if yourself have been affected by the occasion or have struggled to handle the occasion? Like, no, because last year was our first real year of mm-hmm. playing in games that were meaningful, as in finals. Yeah. So we'd played in, you know, games where you need to win this to keep your season alive. Yeah. And, um, Anzac days and all that type of stuff. But last year, it's like, you know, you're playing for it all. Yeah. We made top four. Yeah. Um, going down that path. So I think Optus was the first real test of our group last year against West Coast. Which was hostile. Hostile. They kicked the first three. Yeah. Um, sort of like, you know, you heard all week, I think they were 11-0 with that forward line that they finally got back together. Mm. You go over there, our first finals, a little bit injury depleted. Goldie's first game back, Adam Trelaw's first game back, kick the first three, it's deafening, yeah. and then we respond. Yeah. It's like, okay, so I know the boys, last year their headspace was in the right space about, don't worry about the noise, yeah, acknowledge it, but we'll win this or we'll lose this together and that's the only way to go. If you think you can win it by yourself, we'll lose. Mm. If you think you need to do something special by yourself for the team, We'll lose. Yep. Let's just do it together. And I think our coaching group drove that really well last year. The collective. You feel <clears throat> responsibility in that moment. Like what? What did you do? Three goals down. Your hostile territory. Will you do? Do you? What no, do you do I just reinforce what we want. It's the belief. Um, the belief and how we play. What we want to do. And there might be, you know, there might be. If say Friday night we go down. The first, they kick the first three. It could be. You know, we dropped the mark, we missed a kick, or they had a centre bounce clearance, kicked a goal. So it's like, well, what, what really in that could we change? Okay, yeah. next time he didn't mean to drop the mark, he didn't mean to miss the kick, mm. but the centre bounce, right? We need to acknowledge, we need this back in place. Let's get these three things right. Yeah. More importantly, let's get the centre bounce stuff right, and let's go. Let's we'll, we'll get a bit of momentum at some stage, and let's make the most of it. And that is where a great strength of yours clearly, where in that moment you can still think functionally. And not be affected by the occasion, the emotion. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not emotional on the field, and so that, I'm not. It's where you and I a bit of yin and yeah. yang. It must be said. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Out yeah, here? when. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I think just playing sport for so many years and games and that, and I think like definitely playing basketball as a point guard, you sort of like you've got a coach, basically the coach on the court and. You know, if it's a two-point game and you've got to run a play, you've got to make sure everyone's in the right spot, setting the right screens, you get the right look. And that comes to you on the court because you can't always hear the coach and you need to be directing people. So I also think you'd be just wide that way. Yeah, well, it's how I, th- I think it's how I think. Like, I love watching footy. I love watching sport. And mm-hmm. I look at it tactically more than just emotionally. Yeah. Although the boomers the other night tested me a little bit. <laughs> I saw you leave all live tweets. We might get to that. <laughs> There's a, uh, ca- a couple of tweets he shot out. One or two. And oh. you called the Dally. You're all, you, we spoke about this last week, but you called Dally's greater involvement and you got that, didn't you? At the halftime. But what you explain before to me helps explain why you have such an unbelievable record in um, big games. And this isn't the um, fandom in it, but it's like even you know when the emotion is at the highest, when the pressure is at its highest, you still strip it back. Yeah, you know, and that is clearly what has served you so well yeah. in all those really intense moments over the journey because you're able to see more clinically and cut through the the outcome and the pressure yeah. of the outcome, and even um, 
you know, what you explained before about the early days under Mick served to highlight, you know, you were able yeah. to recognise really early that maybe that, that was a lot. You put maybe too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. And and you've learnt from yeah, that. Is I, that fair? Yeah, and I just think, like, even um, when you just review your game on things mm-hmm. in finals or games, you often see your involvements or lack of involvements come down to, like, work rate or you weren't clean. Mm. Um, and that's something that you can control. So, um, you know, there's you think of finals games and big finals, there's always like a moment that happens, but I bet you it's off the back of something simple didn't just happen. Like the guy fumbled the ball, therefore it allowed someone to push you off and kick a goal. But you had a play, but you fumbled because you were too caught up in what was going to happen next. Yep. So I just find... Um, doing the basics really well and just being clean. So like, you know, ground ball, I take it clean, get smacked, it's the stoppage. Or, Jesus, I need to get this clean, I need to handball it over here, we need to get out, we need to score. Ground mm. ball comes, I fumble because my mind's not with the ball. Mm. Stay in the moment. And then it's ground ball, fumble, they kick the goal, then where's your headspace going to be at? Yeah. Oh, my God, I've just cost my side a final, a spot in the final. Oh, my God, what have yeah. I done? Next centre bounce, your head's there. Probably make another mistake. Yeah. So I've just found for me... Home and away, finals, whatever it is, just try and strip it back. And, you know, ever, if I'm ever in a game and I feel like I'm out of it or having a quiet game, it just I'll just try and come back to, like, work rate, hunt the footy, work rate, hunt the footy, like, just saying that to myself, like, yep. what am I doing? Yep. How's my reaction time? All those type of things. Yep. And then the rest of my game should flow in from there. And if it doesn't, yep. I think I've given myself a chance because I've worked hard, I've had a crack and yep. some days the ball just doesn't go your way. Yeah. And that's your advice to young players and young sports people who will be listening to this, that would be your advice to them. So if it's even one of your younger teammates, Will Oscar Elliott, Adam Chalor, Taylor Adams, you say, yeah. hey, you feeling? Gee, I'm a bit jittery today or, yeah. or you know, I'm fumbled and I'm, you know, bloody costing us. Your advice to them to... Just come back to the stuff you know. So yeah. say, uh, as you said, like a young player for us, like a Cal Brown, for him it's like what are you, why are you in the team? Why have you kept your spot all year? What do you do? He's a great pressure player. He's mm. clean and he takes his chances. He's clean. So why? But that doesn't have to change for him because mm. it's a final. So if I said to him tomorrow at training, like, what are you thinking? And he'd come back to me with like, you know, I reckon I kicked three in the first half, looking mm. for a hanger. Like, yeah, I'd be very concerned. But yeah. I know that's not how he's wired. I know that's not how we're coached. That's how he's thinking. Jokes, oh, how he... I'd, I'd go into most games thinking, if I get a hanger today, like... <laughs> Could be the end of my career, but so what on Friday night? What part of it will you enjoy? Uh, where, where will you allow? What will be the moment that you allow yourself to look up? Um, no, I enjoy the whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's probably but a strange you, one. But do you have? Do you are you able to? Is there parts of when you are on the grass where you're on the green stuff? Do you have a toggle switch? Whether it's when no, you're running, I'd say out we, the we kick a goal, or yep. there's a good tackle, or a good spoil, or how he takes a hanger. Mm. Like I love all that. I, you know, high five, get around. And then I feel like when there's a goal kicked either way, you've got 30 seconds to just live in what just happened mm-hmm. and then you reset mm-hmm. for the bounce. So, um, and it's a lot funner when we kick the goal because you get around, pat guys on the ass, you know, Bruzzy, great kick, great spoil, whatever it was. And Adzi, great run, unselfish pass, like Geordie, great finish, like get around, celebrate the goals of the team. And then, as I said, have a bit, bit of a chat. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? How are we going? Bang. All right, let's get back into it. Is it chatty out in the field? Do you, do you... No, there's no, there's no lip between teams. No, no, no. 
amongst your teammates. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not a trash talk. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Because that would be – you'd struggle to hear each other. Oh, you'd be surprised because um, you yell. You yell a lot out on the field to just get blokes' attention. But um, when the game's live, there's plenty of talk happening. Like, Jay, I need you here. Jay, come back. Move that way. Move this way. Um, you know, that sort of stuff happens a fair bit. So, But there's plenty of on-ground coaching between each other. Yeah. So you're playing a very good team on Friday night. Arguably yeah. the best-performed team of the year. Well, they sit on top of the ladder. And they're yeah. outstanding, particularly in the first half of the season. Very hard to beat at home. Question mark, clearly over the second half of the season and their ability to win finals at the MCG, yep. which they've struggled to do over a period. And they're just all facts. Who do you think poses the biggest threat? Because they've got some at the top oh, end. in at Geelong. Yeah. They've got oh. some superstar midfielders. Yeah. They've also got the best defence in the competition. Yeah. Got, I think their defence poses the biggest threat. And I think it's – they'll look at us and say that probably the same thing. They're yeah. the best defence in the comp. We're ranked second. Um I think we're the best in the last month. They're the second best in the last month. So, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think either side would sit there and go individually. We're worried about this player too much. Like Paddy Dangerfield, Kelly, Salwood, Hawkins, Ablett. Like they've got some unbelievable players in their side that we're going to have to be wary of and make sure they don't have massive impacts. But I think how they defend poses a bigger threat to us than mm. what one player could do. Because and the same with us our defence and how we can hold up and hold up their scoring. Because if you can penetrate their defence and you can find ways to score, um, then you're sort of getting through something that they rely heavily on, is which is being able to defend you. And, um, you know, they use the ball very well too to help them set up for defence. They play pretty wide and mm. use the boundary line a fair bit. So, um, you know, but as I said, they their defence also is to win the ball back and then they, they can score off that pretty quickly. So... Um, yeah, like in finals, I think it's sides that you, you can defend well, but you've got to be able to attack well, and that's going to be the same for both of us. Taking your opportunities. Now, <clears throat> the question mark over Geelong I have, and this is where I'll be, I think I'll be tipping you guys. I think it's going to be, I cannot wait for the game. Just so excited about it for the actual contest because I feel like it's going to be really tight. But I think the one advantage you'll have, yes, they're great defensively yeah. and they defend very well aerially, don't they? Blitzarves and Tommy Stewart, Harry Taylor, Lockie Henderson. But do they defend as well on the ground? Because I don't think they've got Jed Buse yeah. down there, but I think maybe their ground level players in the back half um, in that matchup is where I'm, I'm going to the game thinking you can get them on the ground. Yeah. Maybe, and that's with Stevenson, Speed, Hoskin Alley um, on the ground and in the air, of course, Josh Thomas. And um, Dugowie winner was an absolute match winner. And yeah. my check, he's mobility. Yeah. So I wonder whether when the ball hits, you've got to get the ball. you got to get the, the ball there first. You've got to get the ball there and you've got to get on the yeah. deck, Yeah, I think, is yeah, one well, I where think, you can. I think our forward line poses some threats to anyone we play because, as you said, we've got Jamie Elliott, lightning quick, Good on the ground. Geordie, uh -huh. quick, good on the ground. Stevo, quick, good on the ground. But they're all good above their head as well. Yeah. So if they've got a taller opponent, I don't think that worries them because they can yeah. – they'll bring it to ground. They'll just make sure you don't mark it and then they can go to work. But, um, you know, Blitzav, Stewart, they're all pretty capable on the ground as well. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think – yeah, as I said, I think it's how we move, how we can move the ball in and how we can enter the ball in, which is more important than – trying to nullify how they mark it. So if they can lock us up a little bit and force us long, sort of dump kick in, it will suit them. And same, if we can lock them up a bit, force them to dump in, it suits us with 
how we defend. So it's almost between the arcs. You hear it all the time, but between the arcs, how the balls move and how the balls defended is going to be really important. McCollum perspective, can't wait to see Brody Grundy because he has the potential, I think, to do something special this this September. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. That he, him and Bont and Pally probably casted two biggest shadows over this final series. I feel like. Um, yep. And Geordie to go is the other one who I think we'll all be drawn to because he comes back after a spell, and I just he's, Geordie's got this swagger on the football field. Who, what is swagger? It's it's just a confidence. It's it's a strut, and steez. Yeah, I, I just feel like he's going to go out there and he's going to be ambitious the way he plays. And I think all good forwards have that, don't they? Is there any like a good forward that doesn't have that inner belief in themselves? Like I look at our forward line, I think Maybe. most of those boys pretty confident they want the ball. But you can, like vis- if you had, you can if, visibly see it on him. Yeah, so that's, I, yeah, that's I, play, so I don't out. get to sit back and watch what is. I think like a Ben Brown goes about it pretty quietly and unassuming. Tom Hawk. Yeah. Tom Hawk. Yeah, but if you asked any of our forwards, if you had the ball, who you should kick it to, they'd all say them. Yeah. Like, because they'll win their one-on-one, they think. And I love that. Yeah, which is... But Geordie's his own special yeah, case. He's he his can own. do some special things. Yeah. yeah. He's a personality type, which clearly um, took some... Uh, well, he's landing some trouble. Massaging. Early doors. Huh? Took, took some massaging. massaging. Exactly, as you would know better than anyone. But now that he's confident with himself, his preparation's good... And the spotlight shines on him yeah. like no other person, yeah. I feel like, yeah. on Friday night. So I can't wait to see how he handles that because I reckon it, he's one who can really yeah. lift. So long as his hamstring is fine, holds. Yeah. And Darcy Moore yeah. um, is the same. Because all Collingwood fans will go to this game, I think, holding their breath when he hits top speed. Yeah, but they'll be more excited that he's out there than the potential other side that he's not out there. No, but he's got to last one 120 minutes. Yeah, which he'll do. He lasted, what, 100 minutes last time and got a little bit tight. Yep. And probably the flow of the game dictated that we didn't have to risk him and put him back out there. So mm-hmm. he'll be right. Watched um, Michael Hurley at training yesterday. Did you go out there? I went out there. To where? Tullamarine. Tullamarine. And um, for an hour and a half, so he comes in with a right shoulder injury. right? And everyone's – how many percentage – what percentage of players will be bruised and banged up this time of year? Like, the most players carry something? Or? Yeah, everyone's got, like, a niggle, but I don't know if he's got a niggle. Well, no, he's got a genuine injury. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying it's – by now, everyone's sore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, Michael Hurley's dislocated his shoulder. sprain against shoulder. us, didn't he? Against yeah. Collingwood. Yeah, around 23. So, he's attempting to play about 11 days after. So, I watched him train on Monday. 13. 13. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah. He, yeah, that was 13. You're right. Yeah. That was a test. He raised his right arm – yeah. How many times in about an hour and a half do you reckon? None. Once. Yeah. And he lost the marking contest. So he full-blooded spoil once, lost the marking contest, and then spent the next two minutes in agony, clearly, wincing and then leaving his – you know when you run? Yeah, you and, leave your arm. And you leave so you, your yeah. arm dangling by your right side. Yeah, so that's, that's when you say that somebody's carrying an injury because they're yep. literally like running around carrying it. And you can see that, like, right, that shoulder's debilitating. Yeah. Yep. Now, I can't, having watched that on Monday, I think he's no long, chance. Odds, long odds to play. And if he does play, he's A, going to be sore. And the big question is just B, whether it genuinely falls out of the joint again. Yeah, yeah. So clearly you're going to have to have to. Have to um, have the end of season surgery. Yeah, and have to tape it. Yeah, um, yeah. Tape it up. For the game. Yeah. But the psychology of that must be really, I mean, that must be. Be hard because you've got to know burden. that you can, if you're going to put your hand up, 
yeah. you don't want to put your hand up five minutes in and go, hey, I'm actually not right. So the boys have to play one short. Yeah. But part of him as a competitor is like, well, if I can get out there and I can perform, I help our team yeah. more than the guy that's probably going to come in and take my spot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's when you're just trusting your medical and fitness staff. And Yeah. Because um, often guys in that position, if you ask any player, any – I don't know. I think any player that's has ultra competitive, are you right? They're going to say yes. Because it's just the instinct and the nature of them. It's like, I can perform. I'll get out there. I'll do it. I'll be fine. I need, like, I'll be there. I can do it. And I think that's when you trust your medical staff and that, that they put you through a fairly hefty fitness test that finds out the answer. And the medicos go, based on what we've just seen, yeah, we can't put you out there. Well, he ran for an hour and a half, but raised his right arm once. <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah. really test it. Yeah. Or well, when he like, did test it, yeah, you hurt himself. It's like if you, yeah, if you busted a finger and you seen me running around on the training track, but I didn't touch the ball, you yeah. think I look normal and fine. Yeah. So you somehow hid your back injury for the best part of a year. That was well done. Yeah. Well, I wasn't really hiding it. I just my back stuff just like every, it was like it ebbed and flowed. Some weeks it was good, some weeks it was bad, and then. As you said, everyone's sore. So you sort of think, is this just the norm? Am I playing with, is this just the load of the season? I'm 30. Is it how it's supposed to be? Everyone says your body starts to break down a little bit once you hit 30. So mm-hmm. I guess that's what people just think. But then when you get to the end of the season, with mine, we had a look and seen there was something there that we could fix. But yeah, you thought said, it was wear and tear. Yeah, just wear and tear, like yeah. the season. And, you know, Hurley's probably in a position where, you know, he might have even, the other thing is he could have trained yesterday without an injection to mm. see how he goes if he needs it. But yep. game day, they might be like, right, oh, we, can, we can jab this and you'll be fine. What's Presti's legacy in this space? Yeah, well, he's, got, he's the only guy in our club that's pretty much had something left after he's retired with his number going to the first draft picked every year. So um, and I think Presti spoke about like he felt like he was almost going to keep it and just go, nah, I'll be able to push through because I'm, I could be a part of a premiership in his last year like amazing stuff so what can and you then, quickly explain what happened well yeah so he hurt himself at training the main session before the grand final groin and yeah groin and then yeah went to mick and after training because he trained the session it was i think it was even the day before the game or something like that no it might have been main session yeah and went to mick and said after training like because he's like i could hide i could get through training i did that but he just when he weighed up grand final playing on rewalt then I think that fear of I don't want to be that guy who lets everyone down because I put my hand up to get the flag, but I couldn't be relied upon. And then, yeah, his legacy is basically that he gave us the best chance possible to win a premiership and we ended up getting it because if he had put his hand up to play on Rewald, how he was, I would have torn the game apart because as soon as he would have felt anything wrong with Presti, it would have just been, all right, I'm going to run you ragged. And you know what Rewald was like. So we got... Brownie on him, who played exceptionally well in both finals. And Reedy on Cozzy, wasn't it? Yeah, Reedy on Cozzy. And they swapped a fair bit, depending on where they were. But, like, yeah. If you take Presti out or Presti plays and does it even worse, then you're playing one down in a grand final. That's not what you want. It's not what anyone wants. And his legacy is that selflessness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and that's... Uh, if you could play, ask any players what legacy you'd want to leave is you made the team better and you were selfless and... It must have been so hard, though. Like, he, he played, what, two losing grand finals, 2001, 2002. Um, yeah, and then to put your hand up and go, I've played every game and I'm just not right or whatever it is. And Mick wanted him to play, you know, so. 
you've got the coaches backing and all that and just put his hand up was was huge and a big part of why we ended up winning the game it's almost like his legends almost enhanced by not playing as opposed to playing and being a yeah well imagine if he played and was injured and found out afterwards that he played injured yeah you'd be like you're selfish not selfless so and that was a great regret of Matty Stokes Geelong player against Hawthorne when he went in with busted ribs uh no he had a groin sorry Hodgie had the busted ribs Stokes he says um he is uh he has regretted that um before we wrap up mate how's the coach been we all you all look to him for you read his body language and see what his emotions are like as I said we had the finals dinner last night he looks he looked pretty relaxed pretty excited but relaxed and what's his theme what's his do you have a theme uh, not yet. As I said, we only trained yesterday. So since the Essendon game, he's been, let's enjoy the week of training that we've got, mm-hmm. had the weekend off with your family, your loved ones, and then, you know, we'll get, we'll get to Geelong when it's ready. Don't, don't overcook yourself. Don't play the game before it's here. Um, yeah, and I've seen some of the boys today, and I feel like we've had a really good prep because we haven't, we've just focused on ourselves and how we best can prepare. We had a really good training session Friday night. I think we had about 3,000 people down here to watch us train. Like, it was pretty cool. And, mm. um, yeah, and Bucks has been relaxed. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the build-up. And when it's time to lock in and drill down, we'll do that, which is tomorrow. Seems relaxed, doesn't he, Coco? Very. <laughs> Not concerningly. But that's his personality. <laughs> um, uh, we haven't touched on it yet, but uh, all Australia. You got there. I was stunned. No. <laughs> you deserved it thoroughly. But uh, what does it mean to... Get back there and, and get your sixth all Australian? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it's... I think I've been in the squad, I don't know, nine times or ten times. And, um, yeah, it's... It, I probably, to be honest, I probably thought that part had gone past, like, with in terms of, like, if the selectors look at you the same. Because I feel like I've had good years um, in the past, but our team hasn't been six, that successful. So it's like... You know, I sort of felt a little bit maybe no matter what you do, you're probably not going to get in. Your time sort of passed a little bit. You lost the novelty factor. Yeah, I wasn't a shiny new toy, as you like to say. But, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it nice that you sort of get rewarded and, um, you know, your season's acknowledged. And yeah, But I've always – I think just to get into the 40s is a pretty good achievement to be acknowledged in that space of being in the – best 40 players in the comp and you know i've said it before even when i have made the to- made the team or i don't i think you could put any of those guys in the 40 and they would sit comfortably in in their position so you know yeah and from our team like you look at adam trelaw i thought he was stiff you look at josh dunkley you know he's probably been the best player in the in the comp in the second half of the year is he stiff but um yeah there's that as I said, there's that many good players and there's yeah it was a pretty good night too sitting there and because it's I think everyone's aware that when you go to the dinner, it means you're in the team. So yeah. everyone sort of knew that the team, you sit around, have a chat, get to meet guys from other clubs that you don't use because you just sort of sit with other players and that as well. Most interesting part of that night for me is the 10 minutes after when you're all gathered for the photo and we all look for who's talking to two, who yeah, and yeah. how relaxed, how, how yeah, natural yeah. looking the conversation is. And yeah, yeah. How did you, because you and Danger were sitting next to each yeah, other yeah. for a while. What were you guys well, we were talking about? about houses. So oh, really? he's, I've just finished building mine a year ago and he's, in the process of they poured concrete last week at his joint. So, um, and he was speaking to my wife a little bit about some of the design stuff we were doing and he's using the same floorboards that we used in our house. So we actually talked property for the whole time because we played international rules together. So I know Danger quite well and asked him how his family was going because they just had their second 
um, child. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it spoke about that. It's probably funny because people probably think that you're sitting there and it's just this awkward convo and, you know, are they talking about the final next week or what are you mm-hmm. talking about? So, yeah, we, we, as I said, we spoke for 15 minutes about how his place is going, how he's looking forward to getting in and, um, yeah, how's, how's life going, how's family life. And Fife, he picked your brains on the Fremantle's coaching search. Did he? He said so. Who did? Fifey. When? Last week. What did he do? What did he say? He said he asked you about something in regards to looking for a coach and you input into that. Is this when you were telling me before about the last question, usually the one they're looking for? <laughs> no, I just this popped into my head. <laughs> he, did you have a chat with him or Yeah, not? I did. I was oh. sitting next to Fifey. Oh, right. So did, did Fifey say you, this? Why were you so cagey? Or how else would I know? Oh, I don't know. He said it on radio. Oh, did he? How cagey is he? This is sketchy. Oh, wait, well, you told me before the last question that a journal asks is usually the one they're looking for a bit of gold. So yeah, well, I was like, well, maybe real, I need to be a bit more not guarded. Not a hard one, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he did. He, um, yeah, well, I think Longy's been linked to Freo pretty strongly. So he just asked really how he's been going. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's nothing more glowingly that I can say about Longy or Harves or anyone from, from this club in terms of their future. And um, yeah, just asked that. And then I sort of asked how, how it all unfolded and how it's been going and yeah, he said it was a tough little period there, but yeah, now they're sort of like footy, it all moves pretty quickly and they're on to the next best thing and trying to find what's next for Freo. It might be in a bit of trouble, Freo, because they're going to lose Brad Hill and they're going to lose Ed Langdon and we know Jesse Hogan's still got those foot injuries, so I wonder what the future actually holds for that footy club in the next little bit. From a list perspective, I think Champion Dala rated them last or second, no, not last, second last, I think coming into this year. So I wonder with that midfield whether it's going to be – and they're already probably not thin – but they were under strength in the midfield. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder after losing Langdon and Hill, two of their, yeah, two of their wings. best outside yeah, players, yeah. clearly. Uh, I don't know where that's going to go, but didn't he get cagey there? Didn't the feathers just <laughs> no. pop up a bit? He got real defensive. I was just the first to... time in about two years that I might have just sort of pricked prick something. I was trying to be practising what you taught me before. Well, the that? last question well, is often the one gonna, they're looking for a bit of gold He's going to start thinking you've bugged him. <laughs> you know all these conversations <laughs> yeah. and all this. It's just Jay's connections. Yeah. It's very uh, connected. No, we, we actually, whenever I do see Fifey though, we do, we tend to because we both love it. So we talk about footy a bit and how the game's played and stuff. So yeah, he's um yeah, he's really good. I'm a, I'm sure you can relate on stacks of levels with all your surfing and your truck driving yeah. and your farming Helicopter. and your yeah. farm yeah. strong. <laughs> Get in yeah, there for yeah, well, from what, sale. That's why we talk about footy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scotty, 300 games, mate. We wish you the absolute best of luck. Thank you. Great insight into what happens before a game and um, even you feeling some of those nerves, even after 299 games. The occasion clearly still very special to you, mate. It'd be great to have all your uh, your family there. A massive game against Geelong. Been so incredibly consistent over a long period of time. So uh, congratulations on everything. Thank you. I'm sure you'll be hoping there's still lots of special stuff to come uh, this season, mate. So absolutely all the I best. Do. I do. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you. It's <laughs> a very big achievement. <laughs> Thank you. That's the last one that I did want to ask. It's a big week for you and it's massive in terms of achievements as we were talking about Tony Shaw uh, and Gordon, Gordon Coventry, Coventry, the yeah. only other two to reach 300. But... Does it feel like you have unfinished business? It, it's, it feels like you got here really quick. Yeah. I, and that there's a bit to go. Yeah. I think like any time that you sort of know that it's um, it's when people on the street mention it. So it's obviously like they've seen it. Last year playing the grand final, everyone wishes you good luck. Like walking down the street where I live, it's like, well, well done on 300. Well done on this. So you know it's got the attention of people. Um, yeah, but I feel like I've still got a fair bit left to go. So that's why I don't really feel like it's 
I haven't reflected too much. So I don't feel like I've, you know, I've dragged myself to get here and this is sort of like the door's just there and you did it. Like, well done, you got to 300. Like, I feel like I've got a fair bit of footy left in me and a fair bit of good stuff that I can offer this football club in terms of success. That's probably why I don't feel like I've reflected that much. What are we going to do for that 350 podcast? Uh, yeah. We're on the road to 400. We're going to run out of bloody <laughs> topics. <laughs> yeah, let's do a documentary. Let's start the documentary from now, the road to four. Uh-huh. What are you doing this afternoon? Go home and lay by the pool, get a bit of sun. Yep. Go see the Cairo after this. Yep. Get a strong coffee. Time. Strong coffee or a... No, decaf. no, decaf for me. Yeah. All right, Scotty, all the best, mate. Thanks for listening to us on the Jock and Journo show. We will see you next week. Bye for now. Cheers. Cheers.